Hello and welcome to the Pinch of Magic podcast with me, Rebecca Anuwin. So today I am joined by Sam Thompson, author of Metal Never Lies, also known as Bo. He reached out to me a little while ago and said, hey, had you ever thought about having any metal magic on your podcast? And my honest answer when he asked was like, well, no. And then I was like, but why not? Because when I think about my own personal practice, I don't intentionally use much metal. And yet I know metal is in us. It's all around me. Without metal, we'd be a bit scuppered. So I thought, yes, let's have Bo on and talk about metal. So hi, Bo. Thank you for joining us. Uh, It's a pleasure. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. This is cool. I know. Metal magic, blacksmithing, uh, priest of the Morrigan, lots of really good stuff to talk about. So but let me start with why metal? Where yes, did your passion really for metal question. start? Um, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, I've, I've been a, um, a blacksmith for about 10 years. I do it professionally now, um, just over the last, you know, four, four or five years. Actually, when I got, you know, kind of bit with the with the magic end of it, so to speak, it, it just never really uh, uh, occurred to me until, you know, it was one of those epiphanies, right? You know, I'm just, I'm doing, doing some work and then all of a sudden, you know, that's like that piece of the puzzle dropped in. You know, everything became clear. It's like, well, 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 well yeah, <laughs> why not? You, you know, um, it, it's 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 been around us for so long as a species, and I think we hit a time point with like the industrial revolution, and we 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 forgot about it mm. because it became common. You know, it's like you know, I I take for instance, it's like in my house, if I rearrange furniture in the living room. All of a sudden, everything's new. You yeah. know, I see stuff again. I said, "Oh, I forgot about that." But it had been sitting in plain sight the whole time. So it's um, why why metal magic? It, it's to to me, it's just an extension of myself because it's a I have enough animistic tendencies to where everything's connected, and it's yeah. just another. You know, it's 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 yet one more thing to help me be in touch with my natural world. That's so a really long answer for a really small question. <laughs> we love long answers here. <laughs> it's like, take as much time as you like. Um, so with the metal then, when did you start working with metal? Had that been something you had done before you realized like that connection with magic? Had it been a part of your life for a while? Like the, the metal no. smithing part? Yeah, the metal like smithing, smithing part. I got started with that. Um, my my, I'm, I'm from Southern Appalachia. Um, I'm from Western North Carolina. My family's from East Tennessee, right across the ridge, right? So that's my, that's my culture. That's my history. Mm -hmm. And Okay, so for for me being a Brit, your culture, your history, what does that mean to you? Because I love the way you're like, oh, just over the ridge. I'm like, I have no idea what that ridge is. Oh, so (laughs) So so what kind of... We're using the same language, but we don't understand what we're saying. I got it. Very different, very different. so yeah, when you're saying that was your culture, what 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 does that culture look like to someone that had never seen that before? Um, because this is back grow, growing up, you know, because I'm mid mid fifties, right, pushing sixty. So um, this was you know back in the seventies, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's a very primitive type lifestyle back then. Um, you know, people had land, but it's all mountainous in in right. Southern Appalachia. It's very hilly, yeah. right? Not not hill over hills and dale it's mountains okay um so i think they say the appalachian ridge you know mountain range is like the oldest in the world so it's got yeah. some it's got some age on it you know but it's um it's very primitive because it's remote um because of the way the landscape is it's mm-hmm. you know it's challenging um anyway but because of that everybody has to be very self-sufficient and everybody um had it had a small smithy right yeah. a, a small spot to where mainly to fix tools and create tools and once again you know um always call it appalachian engineering because you just kind of figure out how to make it work right um you don't ever throw anything away because you don't know when you're going to need that you mm-hmm. know so people see junk and everybody else sees you know oh well, that's just something i'm going to need later you know <laughs> or my neighbor may need something anyway um and then i, I got to a point to where i wanted to honor that part of my my history my family because um you know starting to get a little older and you start thinking about things in your childhood and you know one thing kind of leads to another it's like i I really you know those were fond memories of me working with my grandfather Mm. you know in in that 
So I wanted to honor him. And I thought, well, what a better way than taking up blacksmithing. Um, and of course, it's not an inexpensive hobby. So I learned once again how to do it primitively. And I still kind of do that today. I love um, that term. You, you call it primitive blacksmithing, don't you? Yes. Yes. So, because I, I make my own charcoal. Um, I mm. gather the trees, <laughs> you know, that are already fallen because we have enough storms and whatever. You know, li- I still live in the foothills of North Carolina, so it's still kind of country. You know, and we have a bad storm, trees fall over. You know, I go get them. You know, people say, I have a tree. Somebody wants to. Um, then I'll cut it up and split it and stack it, dry it, and I use it to make charcoal, right? So I make my own charcoal that actually fuels the forge. I don't use coal or anything like that. So it's all very natural, right? I actually watched your Instagram video on you doing that today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. that looks so cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we've been forging since the Copper Age. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's not a new principle. And the cool, well, cool, not cool, depending on how you look at it, it's, it hasn't changed. You know, you still get metal hot and you still hit it hard. You know, those principles have not changed in thousands of years, you know. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I, I got involved with it and started smithing because it was just fun. I enjoyed it, mm. you know. Um, to me, I found it very elemental um, without really doing the magic connection, right, other than me making something for a craft, you know, yeah. a pencil. Something. Other than that part, I never really got the connection that metal was basically a lie. Um, and then, you know, it did hit me. And then it's just, you know, my life has not been the same since. There's many stress and imagination. So what changed for you then? If your life, you, you have that that kind of experience one day when you're like, oh my God, metal's alive. And I can work with it. And, you know, it is, isn't it? I love, I love the energy of fire, which is interesting that I've never really thought about metal before because I love the fire ability to like destroy, but also to forge, to change, to transform. And that's like intimately what you're doing with the metal, isn't it? You're not, you're not destroying it as such, but you're changing it, you're transforming, well, forging it. Um, so how has your life changed because of that? Is it like a spiritual depth and connection or is it just like, how it how your day looks yes <laughs> yes to all of it <laughs> yes. um no it, it, it's very much a, a spiritual connection i think because i've changed my outlook from me forcing my will upon something mm. to co-creating yeah right um because there are now times where i'll walk around the smithy and i'll go okay i i need to make this who wants to be that? So it's a lot more about being in what I would call right relationship, you know, and getting an ally in my work yeah. versus bearing my will upon something <laughs> to, to get my work done. I mean, it's, you know, you, my grandmother said you catch a lot more flies with honey than you do vinegar, right? So <laughs> you yeah. know, I like to use honey, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. Set myself up for success in the beginning, and you know when I create something because I most of a, a large portion of my work is um, commissioned. Right, people will ask me to make something for them. Um, I really don't do a lot of knives, which I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised because mm. and, and making knives personally, um, but I, I end up making a lot of things for other people, and in doing so, it is a very much a I like to get everybody involved. You know, when I make something, I have people know the time frame I'm doing it so that they can be involved in the forging process, too, because it is we are intimately connected to the metal. We just forgot we are. I mean, this is not a new concept. It's just we mm. forgot. It. Um, and I think that's what the whole book is about, is, is about teaching people how to reconnect to a part of themselves that they've disconnected from. So how do you find the book Metal Never Lies? Uh, link will be in the show notes to buy on Amazon and available in all good places. But how do you, how did you reconnect to that, like that intimacy of the metal to know that that, that is part of you and to like re reestablish that relationship for yourself? It was just doing the work. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I say that it's, I do it with the capital W, you know, because it's the magical spiritual work. It was just doing the work. And I had, I had someone, once again, wanted me to create um, a wand for them. And it was a special, unique wand. 
And, you know, this was a several month process. You know, we went, um, they were from um, another country and, you know, I went, actually went crystal shopping. There's a couple of shops that I know that I trust to, to, to go shopping with that. You know, when we would use Facebook and I would take pictures and how does this one look? You want that <laughs> one? And, you know, so we, you know, yeah. they were able to pick out the crystal for the wand. Mm-hmm. You know, so I encased it in a, you know, steel. So they have a steel wand with a, with a crystal in it. It was through that process of the taking the time to being so intentional because it was a specific need that they wanted and they wanted an ally, you, you know, in their work. You know, to help yeah. them, what's what kind of what a wand is, right? It's not just, um, we just think of them as being wood, you know, metal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we, we do not, though. <laughs> okay, <whatever. laughs> no, no, no. Most people know. I get what you. I get what you mean. Um, yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, how could you think that? But yeah, yeah you know, mm-hmm. and and through this process, and it started dawning on me as I was creating it, it was creating me. Mm. So a dual kind of forging process, lack of a better word. Yeah. See what I did there. Um, you know, <laughs> we kind of I, I got to the part where okay, we're we're kind of working together. And I was I was starting to work with the metal, I could hear it. You know, no, no, I want this, not that. You know, I want, you know, and I, I get in these zones when I'm forging, you know, when I set space. Yeah. For that to where I just I just go to work. And I don't I kind of everything else gets shut out and I'm just kind of in a zone. You know, when I get done, I go, oh, wow, I wonder how I made that. <laughs> you know? Isn't that cool? Wow, look at that. That's spiffy. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so it's, you know, it, that's what kind of got me. It's like, okay, I need to find out more about this. There's something mm-hmm. here. I need to find out more about this. And I w- went on a quest to find it. And it wasn't anything out there. And then, you know, I have this very gentle, loving, warm squishy deity and yeah. um yeah. i don't think i've heard the more yeah, well, referred to yeah. as that woman squishy yeah. before but yeah yeah you you, you need to you, you you need to write the book i'm like no I don't which is always how i respond to anything she asks mm. of me is no I don't you know, you know this is not the droid you're looking for right you know <laughs> and she's like well and, let me tell you yeah so how did you start your work with the morrigan then was she before the smithing or did yeah. she cut? No, yeah. no. Well, she was kind of involved with the smithing, but it was yeah. just never a connection. Yeah. You know, I never, I never connected the two and I didn't go looking for her at all. Um, there's a really long story of, of how our relationship began. And I, well, I wanted to well, tell us. I wanted, yeah, no, I got to, right? Yeah. Uh, I often think, so, I, I said once on the podcast, because <clears throat> I work with the goddess Caradwin, the Welsh goddess mm-hmm. Caradwin. And I I said rather flippantly, oh, she claimed me. And somebody rightly said, oh, my God, did they do that, Rebecca? And I'm like, no, 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 I had choice. I absolutely had choice in working with her. I said, but if, if she presented herself to me and was like, you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I so I always love hearing people's origin stories of, of yeah. how oh, the goddess came into story. their life. Yes. <laughs> how, did um, that, how did the goddess come into your life? Um, well, I was, you know, minding my own business as I usually do. Um, <laughs> sitting on the, on, I, I remember it vividly, sitting on the porch, um, our, our back porch, sitting outside, having a, an adult beverage. Just kind of, you know, it was at dusk, right? So it's very fitting, right? It's mm-hmm. all this liminal. Everything's liminal at this liminal, point, yeah. You know, and you know, she shows up, kind of, you know, and you know, she said, "I, you know, basically, I have work for you. You know, I, I, I need you to do some things. I have work for you," and I'm like. No, you don't. <laughs> so were you already spiritual enough to be able to recognize that a deity had just presented themselves to I've, you with a mission? <laughs> I've been a practicing pagan since the 90s. Mm. You know, um, been involved in the community, been hit out from the community, you know, kind of back and forth kind of thing. Um, been in leadership roles. And I just and I was like, you know, I, I was perfectly happy minding my own business playing with whoever wanted to be played enjoying with. your drink yeah 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 <laughs> yeah you know walking through the woods you know i'm just you know happy go lucky i'm not not hurting anybody minding mm-hmm. my own business. and um and i've been doing it for you know 20 years or something you know so i was very comfortable um with, with it and um but and no <laughs> so, and this actually went on for about six months you know we went through this kind of no you know, yeah, no. And I finally, you know, 
said, sure, let's, all right, let's, 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 let's see what this is about, what you got. And, you know. And what was it she wanted you to do? I'm still trying to figure it out. Oh, okay. She just kind of keeps putting me on these little things and I just do what she tells me to do, basically. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm a yes, ma'am kind of guy, you know, because that's just kind of the agreement that we have. And, and, and I will say, um, it has, there have times where I have, I am learning to embrace the suck, right? Because there are times where the things that she has asked me to do have been extremely hard, mm. um, deeply personal. Um, but I can say with, with without a doubt that I'm a much better person due to our relationship. Yeah. Um, How do with, you? Without a doubt. I mean, it's, it, it's been hard. I mean, it has really sucked at times. And yeah. Um, but it was a lot of it was things that I, I I needed to do in order for me to be the person that I needed to be in order to do the work that I'm doing. Yeah. Any of that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it makes sense. But I was going to say, how did you keep that like trust and faith? Because it, it is that fine line, isn't it? It's like we can have a message from, you know, whoever it is we're working working with, maybe even the metal, you know, going, oh, no, I don't want to be that. Do it this way. Do it that way. How do you like have cultivate that inner trust, or does that just come with experience as you've walked your path? I'm simple minded, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's just my my beloved and I are, are almost like complete opposites. You know, she mm-hmm. wants to know all all the how, you know, and I just do. You know, you know, I figure if I spend enough time doing what I'm supposed to do then all the other things that are supposed to happen will work. Mm. If I spend time worrying about all this other stuff that I really have no control over whatsoever anyway, then it's just a waste of energy, you know, and it's, you know, causing me to eat more ice cream than I need to. Right. <laughs> so I just, you know, um, cause I, I, I have literally been told, um, bunny ears told, you know, that's not your cow. You know, there's a story of the Morgan in part of the Irish, mythology um where the the, the irish god kukulin comes and you know says you know what are you doing with that cow and the morgan tells him it's basically it's not your cow dude <laughs> move along you've got no worries here this you know not a, your friend don't own the cow your friend this is not your cow and i take that as a meaning of you know just just do what i need you to do and let mm. me take care of all the other stuff and stay I just, on your I own do, path yeah I just, I just have a, have a trust with it because it's just, uh, what are my options? You know, I can worry about it and it doesn't change anything really, you know, or I can do the work and just focus on my work. You know, Uh, my grandmother said, if you're spending all your time worrying about your neighbor's yard, your, your yard's going to look like trash. So, you know, I just try to handle my business and I let her handle her business. (laughs) (laughs) you know i have enough going on to where i don't need you know to worry about all the other stuff so when she's giving you the next thing and you're like oh no not again (laughs) here we go this is going to be hard a lot of it is yeah no just like okay you know know, it's like the book i wrote the book in eight months from start to finish and a lot of it was i was up at 3 a.m you know four five six seven nights a week writing mm. it, you know, because, you know, she's like, you need to write it. And I was like, okay, I, I don't, first of all, I don't speak English. So learning to write in English is that is a completely different language. And that's hard. Um, r- writing is a different language than speaking. I mm-hmm. it didn't occur to me until I started writing. I was like, wait a minute, that, that didn't sound right. Um, and then of course I don't speak proper American. <laughs> so, you know, I speak a bastardized slang, lack of a better word. So learning to, you know, I'm typing along and, you know, and they're like, no, you can't use that word. It's like, what? that's the word. That's what I say, you know. Um, So the book is very conversational, I think. But, you know, a a lot of it with working with her is, you know, we have these little mini agreements within our our larger agreement. And yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll do that, you know. And then she's like, well, that didn't get done. Well, I didn't have time. So at 3 a.m., she'll wake me up and go, how about now? (laughs) (laughs) You don't need sleep. Yeah, you got time now. You're not doing anything but sleeping. <laughs> you know? Oh my god, I love how you're work. just like, oh, okay then, <laughs> drag and yourself it, out of bed and start typing. You know, 
at first it freaked out my beloved, right? Because I was getting up and she's like, what, what's going on? You okay? Everything. Mm. And then, you know, after a while she's like, oh, what didn't you do? <laughs> she's almost <laughs> chastising me right along with her. You know? oh, no. like, well, you know, she rolls over and goes back to sleep. So, well, it sucks to be you. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So how did, how do you find like the metal magic and the Morrigan how do they like blend into your daily life, your daily practice? Do they like co-create with you, or do they feel um, quite separate? I, I no, no, they're they're completely involved. My mm. forge, my smithy, right, which is what houses the forge. The forge is what you smith in um, the fire pit, whatever. Um, it's dedicated to her. Um, there's a shrine down there that you know kind of overlooks the smithy. You ever, if you follow me on social media, well, you'll ever see me take pictures of a view from where my anvil is, I, I look at the shrine. A lot of people don't see it, but that's oh, okay. usually what I'm doing. You know, I'm honoring her, you know, yeah. getting ready to start work, you know, um, kind of thing. But to me, it's very cheap, you know, because people would ask the same question. Why not Bridget? Why not Govnu? You know, these all these other great, wonderful Smith gods, right? Why not? You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why not. She was the one you that know, came. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but if you look at the you know etymology of the Morgan's parentage, it very much forgy, yeah. right? Because um, her, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mess it up because it's I'm on my first cup of coffee, so just kind of bear with me. It's one or the other. But you know, um, her father is um, is like um, death by fire, you know, iron death, something like that. No, it's, it's her father's like um, a magical transformation, transformed by mm. fire, something like that. And her mother is death by iron. You know, it, what the etymology, the actual naming, the, the meaning of their names in the in in the Irish, and you know, that's blacksmithing to me. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and with her being kind of the great queen, she kind of my mind, she kind of oversees a lot of that stuff anyway. Playing the long game, she's got her fingers, and you know. Um, so I think it's, it, it it very much works, and with her being one of the sorceresses of the Tuatha Day, you know the magic comes out in that naturally. You know, yeah. one of three that were ever named as a sorcerer of the of the entire you know tribe of Danon. So, um, yeah. So how? Yeah, as always, we're not. I always love that about when you like choose to walk a magical or spiritual path. It's like things just come in, and you're like, "Oh, that's interesting," and "Oh, that's interesting," and then suddenly you start to see how they all blend perfectly together, and you're like, "I couldn't even have made this up." It's like with time brings clarity. It's like we don't always know. Like you said, you've gone through some some trials and tribulations with your with your quests, and. But when when you come out the other side, you're like, oh yeah, actually, I'm a better person for it, or I'm more connected, or this makes sense. And in the moment, things don't always make sense, and they might feel a bit disparate. But suddenly, Most it's of like, the time. oh <laughs> yeah, that clarity is a really nice piece when it comes. You're like, oh okay, this all makes sense now. So how? I mean, I know that one of the things you're quite passionate about, or passionate about, is like getting people reconnected to the metal. So how do you recommend? like our, our audience right now, people listening. So what would you recommend they start looking at to bring that connection to metal back? Because like I said, when I look around at my altar, I mean, I've got a cast iron cauldron on it. You know, <laughs> There's the metal. I'm obsessed by cauldrons and I love cauldrons that I can actually use to their metal, but I'm a com- absolute love trees. So I have lots of wood in, in around me, but as I look around, I'm like, oh God, yeah, that's metal and that's metal. And the pen that I use is metal. And I had a little snoop on your website and i love the candle scribe what a what a cool idea we'll talk about that in a minute and like the hair ones and things like that and i'm like oh my goodness obviously jewelry being metal but going back to my original question it's like how do you recommend people start like reconnecting and noticing the metal in their life you know i think you know taking the time you know Mm -hmm. i think it's one thing that it's a commodity we don't like to think we have yeah. You know, um, get off, you know, the boob tube, you know, and invest in yourself um, and pay attention. You know, I think we 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 fill up all the quiet moments with stuff so we don't see anything. 
Mm. You know, um, we spend so much time not noticing so we don't have to notice. Um, That's the truth. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, it's like I've got, you know, I have five minutes. Let me see what Facebook's happening. You, mm. you know, instead of going, I've got five minutes. Let me just sit here and be yeah. for five minutes. You, you know, uh, but I think taking the time to start taking inventory of what you have around you. And you will be surprised at the amount of metal that you have. I mean, you, your kitchen is full of it. Pots, pans, knives. Ultimate transformation it, in the you, kitchen. You're, yeah, You're connected to every piece. Here's the thing, steel, right? So we take steel and we think of steel as being something else, right? Mm -hmm. It's not really metal, it's something else. And technically, I guess it's an alloy because it's a mixture of, of things. But steel, all steel, is 98% iron. 2% has some other stuff, and all of a sudden you got steel. Well, steel and carbon, right? And that comes from the creation process, the carbon of the coal or charcoal, whatever you're using. You mix carbon and, and simplistic, right? So this is mm -hmm. very simplistic, just for sanity's sake. You I know, appreciate um, that. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah, because it's too early for that. Um, but 2% carbon and steel and iron, and you have steel. That's it. And you get that from, you know, they got that from the smelting process way back when, when we started this, you know, back during the Iron Age, mm. right? Um, so we're talking time BCE, you know, like 1200 BCE, we started making, you know, working with iron and steel. Um, so we have iron in our bodies, literally. Find me somebody that doesn't have iron in their body, and they ain't a lot, yeah. right? You physically have to have iron. You know, my grandmother used to say she got tired blood because she had low iron, you know, um, but you have to have iron in your body to survive. Um, without it, you're, you're, you're dead. So you already have it inside of you. So you have a natural, intimate connection to metal, even copper. You got to have copper in your body. Now, most of the time, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. So this is not medical advice. This is just, you know, me talking. Right. We'll call it entertainment purposes only. OK. Um, but your body needs copper in order to absorb the iron, right? So you don't have to take supplements because we get it naturally through the foods that we eat. Because mm. guess what? Food sucks that stuff out of the ground <laughs> naturally, you know, and that's how you get it. Um, well, people have, for a long time have worn those copper bracelets, haven't they? For like things yeah. like arthritis and rheumatism. And people yeah, swear by those copper bracelets. Yeah. Copper is amazing metal. I love copper. Yeah. Um, um, it, it's It's... 100% recyclable without losing any of it. So it, you don't lose any of it in the process. It's this, it's metal has personality. You know, different metals do have different personalities. Just, you know, like you can have a bunch of siblings, right? Brothers and sisters, y'all come from the same mom and dad, but they're all different. Right? So what personal, what different personalities have you encountered with your metal, different types of metal? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So steel, um, I would imagine, would be quite. Um, yeah, it, quite it, strong. It's, it's also very it, it's laser focused yeah right but it's also very um cor courageous it's also very uh, stable yeah right because you think of you know you think of a skyscraper right and the first thing that goes up is steel steels right and that holds the building together mm. so it's very stable it's the bones of the building so it's very stable um most of working with metal magically is not far from what it does mundanely. Yeah. You, you know, you just have to pay attention, right? Just bring that intention and, and to it. And that's magical life, period. You know, mm. most things that are used in the mundane world, can, you can very easily do it magically. You know, copper, most likely, now I don't know about the UK, but I know here in the States, most likely you've got copper in your walls because yes. it carries electrical current. So you're yes. surrounded by it. Okay. And it moves energy from point A to point B. So how would you think that would have translate magically, right? You have intention and it helps move intention along in a rapid manner, right? Um, it is very healing, right? Because it's antimicrobial naturally, right? So that's why you see a lot of people. Moving things moving, along. <laughs> you know, Keep moving. You are not welcome We have here. copper pipes yeah. in our house, right? Mm. Because it's antimicrobial. So it kind of helps keep infection. You know, so yeah. it's that little bit of a barrier, but it also is to me, copper's it's like my it has that grandparent wisdom, you know, mm. it's gentle, 
you know it's just you know it's easy even when with forging with it it's just kind of it's kind of easy but it it's gorgeous you know you can clean it up and it's absolutely spectacular um yeah and steel has that kind of you know laser focused it's um it's sturdy it's strong it's you know uh has that kind of can do you know whatever yeah we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna handle our business and then of course you got brass and bronze which you know you know brass you just added in a little zinc which we have in, in our in, in us right here's a hint for you so you got copper and zinc now you have brass Right, so <laughs> bring up that courage. You, know, <laughs> like, well, I mean, you talk I about something brassy, don't you? <laughs> well, I mean, brassy also. I think of it as utilitarian, right? Mm. Because it does. It, it's it's kind of like my my favorite uncle, really. You know, it's kind of easy. It shines up really well, but it's utilitarian. A lot of it, it's it's really hard, right? Because you use it for ammo casings, right? Okay. So all your you know, there, there's one, but it's used a lot in shipping because it doesn't corrode. It's a sturdy metal. Mm. You know, it's kind of you. A lot of candle holders and all that kind of stuff are made out of brass. You probably have them around the house. Don't even know it. And of course, you've got bronze, which is tin. We have tin in us, trace trace mineral, tin and copper. Now we have bronze. Um, and you know, bronze is that get up in your face energy person. Per, I look. I equate bronze with Lou, with the god Lou, mm. because um, it's just that shining. You know, here I am, come to save the day, kind of energy, you know, and it's just very bright as bronze. Yeah. Right. But it's also, once again, it's very sturdy. Um, it's I, I see it as as um w- w- when I need something to stand out, you know, when I need something to focus on, you know, I need something kind of unique, I always add in bronze to to the to the work. Um so yeah. I mean those are the four that I mainly work with. I don't work with any precious metals. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, because you gotta, you know, I, I I have my hands full with these four. Um I'm those big personalities that, themselves. You know, yeah. it, it'll change, but you know, for the most part that's mainly what I work with is you know those. Yeah. So I know that you like I said earlier, it's like you've you've created um I don't I don't know what you would call them, but you scribe scribes for the candles isn't it and i was like i'd never thought about that that's like usually i use something like a cocktail stick actually actually that's not quite true i often grab the end of my compass like you know the compass that you draw a pencil with yeah Yeah, and it's a piece of metal isn't it and that's how i scribe on my candles when i'm like doing candle magic and i saw the one that you had intentionally created and i was like my god that's a great idea um and actually i'm like oh my god i actually already do use a piece of metal very unintentionally using the metal but that is what i'm using but um yeah how did how do you find at bringing in that element of magic oh i love the one you had um a hair wand and yes. it had like the 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 coil at the end and i thought oh my the god spiral. yeah I, I have enough the spiral yeah and i have I'm like, i have enough hair that i could you know quite often i put a biro in my hair you know <laughs> to get it to get it up out of the way but um how do you find bringing intentionally that energy in has like shifted or deepened your own magic, your own magical well, workings. I think you know. I like to you know. Let, let, I want to stack the deck in my favor, mm-hmm. right? And I think by me creating and being able now, I have really short hair, so I can't wear a hair wand. I would love to wear one, believe me, because I just you know the thought of you know. <laughs> yeah, just take my hair out. Mag- yeah, practical yeah. magic, and Move now along. I'm. Yeah. Moving that intention, yeah. You know, um, just having an ally, you know, there with me that quick. But I carry, I, I you know, I, I I jingle jangle a lot when I move around because I've got metal in my pockets and mm. you, you know depends on what I'm doing, right? Um, but I think for for magically, it's 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 being able. It's not just creating tchotchkes, right? Not just creating these little baubles. It's having surrounding myself with allies, so I have people that are things that want to help me be successful, you know, that are, are along my path. So, you know, I think looking at it like that versus, you know, creating things. We don't need more mm. things. We have enough stuff. Quit collecting stuff. You know, a lot of this is just looking at what you have and how how can I change my thought to make it something different? Because that's usually all, all, all it is, right? Magical is just, to me, is you changing your thoughts a lot of times to make it from this to that 
know, it's not a butcher knife anymore. It's an atomic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. And being able to take the time, which people don't like to hear because you can't just sprinkle magic fairy dust over stuff and voila, you have it. You've got to put in some work. And you have to learn to connect with these things. And yeah, they can have energy and they feel good, have a positive vibe. I'm not, I'm not arguing that, but if you're going to create a magical practice, there's a hint in the word. You got to practice. You, you yeah. got to work it for it to work. You can't just show up on game day and expect to be able to play good. You got to do the work behind all, all that time sweat to, to get it to work. That's my sermon for the day. Sorry. I'm just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. And I think a lot of it is about coming into relationship with your tools, isn't it? And I think that's why I always, you, you said, you shared something earlier about like when you were forging something and how that changes you as well. And I can remember I have a U staff and I was like, I, I'd had it for ages. It dried out. It's just like a piece of fallen U tree, U tree that I'd found. And oh, found, haha, that was perfectly laid on the path when I was looking for one. Um, and it dried out. And then I was like, oh, I need to sand it now. And I was sanding it. And I just suddenly really clearly heard, it's like, as you reveal more of my truth, you're going to be revealing more of your own truth. And it's like, whenever we take the time to create our own tools, I mean, I could have brought a staff that would have been like really super glamorous and like, you know, with beautiful carvings. And that's wonderful. Some people need that. And I was like, but I love, you know, it's mine's just a stick. <laughs> it's it's sanded. It feels amazing. I, you know, I've put some, like hang like a necklace on it and stuff and things like that. But I think there's something really beautiful about taking the time to come into relationship with our tools, because I think then when we want to use them, we've already charged it with the energy and the relationship. And then we kind of have an, almost an expectation that it's going to meet us where we are because we're putting the time into that relationship. Just like any friendship, if you're always supporting and helping your friends and suddenly you need help, it's easier to ask for help because it's a to and fro relationship rather than a take, take, take relationship. Is yeah, that well, your experience too? No, what I'm 100%. I, yeah. I, I love it. All of that. Yes. Cause it's, it's, it's about relationship, you know? And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, you know, with the, unfortunate event that we all got to trans transpire <laughs> you know that 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 should not be named you know we we got away from re, re, you know relationship you know you mm -hmm. get out of after not doing it for two three years you don't do it right it takes a while to kind of get back into that and everybody's working remote you know so you don't even have the office relationships anymore you know everything is you know it good and bad with everything you know there's going to be some in give and take but i think you're spot on, you know, if you're going to have my opinion, if you're going to have a rich, abundant, magical practice, you need to be invested in whatever tools that you're using, whether it's that old stick that's now one of your allies, mm. right? You know, um, to whatever the, that you're using, whether it's a, a candle dish, you know, I mean, how magical can a candle dish be? Because it holds your, it is the container for your intention. You know, it holds firm what it is that you're wanting, mm -hmm. right? By lighting that candle, you know, and how magical is that? You know, and you can take a grease pencil, right? A wax pencil. I don't know what y'all call them over here. We're grease pencils over here. But you can crayon. Oh, crayon. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, you what, can do a crayon. What's a grease pencil? Quick. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, grease pencil's a, a little softer wax. Oh, okay, but right. Okay. But you can take it and write yeah. a word on your 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 candle dish that you set your candle mm. on. And, you know, now you've kicked it up a notch, right? Um, I mean, there's just so many ways that you can just enrich your life because I'm a believer that I don't have a magical life and a mundane life. I have a life. I don't have yeah. separate parts of me. I can't do that. I'm not smart enough to be able to separate myself and function, you know, mm -hmm. so I just have me, you know, so my life is my magical life. I mean, that's just how I live. Um, and so by doing that and looking at it for me that way, then I just, I look at once again, how I can stack the deck in my favor. You know, what can I do? How, how can I bring this into my circle? So it becomes an ally and an active participant versus a Chotsky, 
right? Or just a, a thing, right? I don't want things in my in my circle. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't, you know. And, I, and and this hasn't been something that I've done all my life. I mean, this is stuff that I've, woke, I've I'm becoming more and more aware of the more and more I do it. You know, so we're talking over the last four or five years from starting to work with metal magically that, you know, I, I see metal everywhere now, mm. you know, it has a, we get in a metal box and travel around the world. And we don't even see it. Yeah. It takes for an average car, it takes over 2000 pounds of steel to make a car, you know, now. You know. <laughs> and we trust our life to it, don't we? To keep us safe and to move us and to connect us and. <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I mean, we don't even see it, you know, yeah. bicycle, they, you know, I mean, there's metal sur- literally surrounds us every day and we don't even see it. I keep looking around my office going, oh, yeah, that's metal, too. And oh, oh yeah. actually, yeah, my mic stand. Oh, that's metal. Ooh, how would we communicate moving conversations? Um, so when Pete, I know that you do like um, blacksmithing workshops, I suppose it yeah. would be called. When you see people work with metal for the first time. What kind of transformation do you see happening in them as they're transforming the metal? Because obviously they're coming to you because they know that this is your kind of like take on blacksmithing, primitive blacksmithing, making the magic, being very intentional and like connecting people back to their magic through metal. So what kind of transformation do you see people go through as they as they start forging? It, it, it feeds me because that's part of my work. You know, when you find out whatever your work is, you know, it's kind of nice to see it in, in, in motion, so to speak. Right. Um, but to see people go through that transformation, how they show up on Friday and how they leave on Sunday, because it's an call it an immersion. Right. Because you're kind of dipped, chunked and, you know, you're in that cauldron. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, you're you're in it because, you know, we we have about 10 acres here, you know, and it's just it's in the woods and you're just you're immersed in it. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of like they're they're kind of like drinking out of a fire hose. So imagine there's a lot of process when, when they leave, but it's you know not really kind of understanding. They, they once again they know something's there. They just don't know what it is. And then they come and they get to spend the time. And you know I'm kind of guide. I'm a guide, right? Yeah. I don't tell anybody how to do stuff because everybody's going to approach it differently. You know, as long as you get to the end result, I don't care how you get there, right? <laughs> you know. Um, I'm not a I'm not a gatekeeper and I'm not a this is the only way to do, you know, uh, you're holding your mouth wrong. That doesn't work. You know, I don't care <laughs> as long as you get get it, get it to work. That's that's the end result. Um, and and then see them kind of go through the process, you know, on day Saturday and go, oh, there's something here. You know, I'm getting mm-hmm. it. I'm, you know, I'm getting it. And then by the time we get into Saturday evening, and Sunday morning, they're like, you know, because I've had people just before they've left scheduled the next session. You know, I've had people come back two and three and four times coming to class because they're small, intimate classes. There's only six. Yeah, because right? I, can't, I can't teach more than that. I don't want to teach more than that because I want to keep things kind of intimate. Um, and, you know, it's oh, oh, like I said, it's over a weekend. We do it summer or fall. And it's a, it's a it, it's life changing. Because it changes your life because you look at things differently. You know, it's like, you know, from our conversation today, your life will be changed because you're going to see things in a different way. See, oh, my gosh, I looked over that. There's a kilner jar. And I'm like, oh, it's got a it's got a metal lid. <laughs> it just keeps going up here, Rebecca. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like if you're if, if you know, once again, if you're looking at, at something simple like that, a jar, you got a metal lid on a jar. Mm. You know, and how are you using what's what's the metal for? What are you using the metal for? Why not work with it versus just screwing it, set it off to the side? Yeah. Take a moment to pay attention, you know, work with it, feel it. Something I thought was really interesting, actually, that I saw when I was like just doing a little bit of research for today's um, episode was that the iron filings you use as like a form of black salt and for magic. And again, I'd never really thought about those things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and is that the right? It was iron filings, the, the shavings from your metal. The, yeah. Well, there's several. There's there there is the the cutting. I say when yeah. I'm doing ritual work and I'm cutting metal down, I save the shavings. The, yeah, yeah. Well, I call it confetti, right? But it's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the shavings. Confetti sounds better, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, Just don't chuck it over any married people. <laughs> they might right. not appreciate yeah, it. You know, <laughs> and and it's and it's great because you you know I, I it's almost to me it's kind of like seasoning. Okay, mm. don't eat it. 
It's not yeah. that kind of seasoning, but you can season your magical work, right? You can sprinkle it on that candle dish. You can sprinkle it in some sand that you set a candle on. You can, you know, put it in a bottle, add it to stuff. You know, if so you're adding seasoning to your work, to your magical yeah. work, um, the anvil dust, uh, you know, that comes from the forge process. You know, it's highly protective because it's just basically pure iron because it's flaked off the metal through, through the heating process. You know, and everybody has a different thought, you know, with with iron and and the other world, you know, that, you know, they're. Uh, everybody has different experiences in life, you know, um, where I live. Our soil is very iron rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the Revolutionary War times, they literally dug the dirt. And put it in a very hot fire, making it very simplistic. They called it an iron forge, and they basically cooked the iron out of the dirt. They got the they dirt so hot, the iron just kind of melted and then yeah. resolidified and ca- made a bloom. And they call it pig iron because it was just iron ore that was mm. melted. But we have a we have a lot of of the other crowd here. I call them. I grew up calling them the cousins. You know, um, once again, tomato, tomato, depending on where you're at, right? So I have a different view of iron and the cousins because I know we have iron rich soil. So I have iron everywhere that I'm at. And I know that I have other crowd around me. So I don't I think a lot of the protection things is is intention. You know, as far as keeping. The fade, you know, whatever fairies, whatever kind of at, at length, you know, because I know. I know they're not Amy Brown kind of stuff, right? Um once again, it's, it's everybody's experience is a little different. And I'm not judging anybody or saying that's what it is and what it's not. I'm just saying my experience, mm. not necessarily because I do have iron wards, right, um, that I created around my property, around, around the living part of our property. But I know they don't keep out the other crowd because they're there. They're just not the malicious ones because yep. my intentions or they don't. I really don't want to play with them. again it's back to relationship isn't it it's like some people we play nicely with and some people just aren't our people and that's okay and it's like we are allowed to have intentions and say actually you're not welcome in my home but you are and so even like when you're putting that protection around your property you still get to choose who comes to play you know and it's like Mm. you know we were talking earlier you know about just verbiage Right. Changing what we call something, you know, and you can take things. And, and is it is it a tool or is it a weapon? Because mm. a lot of people think of blacksmithing, at least around me, and they think of sharp, shiny, porty things. Right. So it's all weapons, you know, um, but I like to look at them more as tools because I think tools to me are, are more useful than weapons. Weapons you can only use certain times, whereas a tool you can use all the time. Yeah. Right. So. I just change the way that I think of things and magically they change, right? Um, keys are great weapons. They're oh also my God, great I hadn't even thought of keys. You're unlocking things, you're yes. locking things, you're making yourself safe. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it makes things go, right? You put it in your car. Of course, your car. car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've got, you know, you've got that act of, you know, I'm, you know, blocking up the castle. You know, there's my protection energy, mm. you know, and then I'm starting my car to, you know, transform from this place to that place. <laughs> See, you yeah. know, so, yeah, you're surrounded with metal. Yeah, you're <laughs> going to boggle your mind now. You're going to go, oh, my God. I'm just that. looking around going, oh, my God. You know? Oh, my lampshade has got metal on it. Yeah. You know, you can also use your keys as, as, as a weapon, you know, as a personal protection device, mm. right? You can put them between your fingers and use them to protect yourself, you know, physically. Um yeah. So there's, you know, once again, it depends on it's just a simple key. No, it is if that's what you think. But if you change the way that that you know you interact with it and your relationship with it, it'll change. Yeah. So what would if you if you could like the people listening, if you could give them like one little challenge to go and do to connect more deeply with metal, what would that be? Get a piece of paper, Ooh, yeah. walk around your house. And write down everything that's metal. Go room to room and take time in each room and catalog, take an inventory of what is in your environment, your personal environment that's metal, and list it from brass, bronze, 
silver, whatever metal it is, just take a catalog of it mm. and just see, once again, all the metal that you have around you. Yeah. And then once you start seeing it, then you can start interacting. Because if you don't know, you don't know. Right? I mean, <laughs> if you can't do anything about what you don't know. Mm. You know. But now that you're becoming aware of it, now you can start interacting with it. Now you can start building relationships with And you're not going to do every piece of metal you're going to have a relationship with. That's just a little way, way too out there, unrealistic. Right? But the things that you're depending on, the things that are, are part of your personal space that you're working with on a regular basis, um, I encourage you to build a relationship with it. Sit with it. Yeah. I mean, one of the buy things... Buy the book. It'll help you. Buy the book. It'll <laughs> definitely, definitely buy the book. Um, <laughs> to so, pl- plug the book, buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I was thinking of is I quite often talk about like people wanting to feel safe. And I'm like, one of the things I encourage people to do is like, to intentionally go around and check that their doors and windows are locked. Because again, you're just reminding yourself of the energy of safety. But now I always like, I can't remember the words you used earlier, but I always love layering magic. And it's like, Mm -hmm. now it's like, oh my God, even just like the key connecting to the metal. So not only are you locking the door from like a barrier kind of protection, now you're activating the energy of the metal to lock and protect and to be that sword almost of like, you shall not pass yeah. because now you're bringing in the intention of the magic of the metal too. And I'm like, oh, I just love like what is, always what layering your, more. Mm. And what are the locks on your windows? Yeah, yeah exactly. They're mm. metal, most mm-hmm. likely. Oh yeah, I'm looking at mine now. It's like, yeah, they're metal with metal keys. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I love this. Like bringing in that extra layer. Brilliant. So yes, the book is Metal Never Lies by Sam Thompson. The link will be in the show notes. Just click it. It'll take you to Amazon. But where's the best place for people to connect with you? I'm all over the place. Um, I don't, I'm not as active on YouTube. Um, I'm kind of venturing into that. That's just taking a little bit more, you know. You have a very active Instagram smoke. though, don't you? Yeah, I do Instagram, mm-hmm. do Facebook. Um, uh, those are probably where I'm most active b- yep. b- between those two. Um, I'm fairly easy to get get a hold of. If you've got questions, just you know, feel free to you know jump out. Um, I've got a free course um, on my website um, you, that you can take, um, and that's about. It's called the Inception of Metal Magic. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a little bit of what, what we what we've talked about, but a lot more too. Yeah, um, just to kind of kind of open people's eyes a little bit to see if you know not everything you know people i'm not interested in that and, and hey cool i don't I, it doesn't bother me um but it may kind of spark some things mm. i'm actually as we speak not literally as we speak but today yesterday probably tomorrow um i'm actually putting the book in a video course because oh, i know everybody brilliant. learns a little differently yeah um, it's not once again it's not something that i wanted to do it's it's a task laid upon me um and i like to sleep so i'm getting it done um <laughs> but i've got the first part of the book done i'm just editing it and that'll also be on the website as well for those that brilliant want more of a video type interactive yeah well we'll put the link to the um yeah. to your website obviously in the show notes and also a link a direct link to the free class so people can come and have oh, an explore cool. and hopefully feel inspired to not only look at the metal perhaps forge some because now i'm now thinking like i wonder where there might be some blacksmithing courses near me who knows i I want to create an inscriber i'm like oh that sounds brilliant (laughs) there are i know here um in the in the states there's what they call maker communities Mm. Um, and they're usually in urban environments to where there'll be a space to where all kinds of different things you can take sewing and carpentry and um because I teach it one. Um, so mm-hmm. I know that they're there. But most of them will have a, around here, will have a blacksmith yeah. there, you know, that comes in, might just be, <clears throat> excuse me, once a month or something like that, that you can kind of take if you want to take your hand on forging. Yeah. Um, blacksmithing is very elemental, right? Because you have the air of the bellows, mm-hmm. usually have the, you know, um, I know my forge has a, a dirt forge, right? So I've got the earth. Right. Yep. You've got the fire of the forge itself. You have the water for your quench tank, you know, and then you have the spirit of the smith. So if you're into the elements yeah. in your practice, it's very elemental that way. 
oh, this is exciting. I'm so glad you reached yeah. out. I was like, yeah. have you ever thought about metal magic? No, I had not. Oh, my your God. Life will never be the same. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, what, I, what I am obsessed about, and I can't even believe that I had not even noticed this. I think you might chuckle. I am obsessed with something called charm casting. And look, all of my charms, I'm just showing my box of like 700 yeah. charms. Can you see they're all metal? They're yeah. all little parts of metal. Thanks, Boo. It's <laughs> like, and so it begins. <laughs> it is. It's like, oh my God, surrounded. Oh, I feel like a bit know, more that, intention that, again. You know, in the Star that Star Wars movie where young Anakin's in his little pod and all of a sudden it starts and he's yelling, It's working, it's working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, life's never the same again. I can't believe my charms. It's like I'm obsessed by charm casting as a form of divination. And now it's like, oh, I bring the metal element into that too. It's just like just bringing a whole nother layer to charm one of, casting. One of, always my personal, on one of my personal favorite tools is a mm. divination die. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love it. I've created them to where they're yes, no, will mm. rephrase the question. They're two <laughs> blank sides because I don't, I don't do maybes, right? Yeah. Maybes don't help me, yeah. right? And I, I've learned that I don't ask good questions sometimes. Mm. They're you know really open ended. So to me, it's when I do, I don't do readings for others because it's just not my thing, right? Um, but I do for for conversations, right? To make sure I'm yeah. on the right track. And I use a divination dive because I want to make sure that I don't have my ego involved. Mm. You know, so it's not something that I want, right? You know, make sure that I'm getting the accurate reading. And you use that out of metal because you yeah. bring in that element of metal of steel, um, maybe for the clarity yeah, and like steel, cutting right through it, yeah, cutting through yeah. the noise and ego. <laughs> yeah, see, I've got like, I don't know if you can see. So there's yeah, yeah. Circle. So yeah. that's yes. And then I've got one that's got. It's got the no with the X. Yeah, the X. The other one is just blank. Blank. Amazing. So, oh my gosh. That. I bring anything to bring another layer of intuition. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. I'm going to be looking at my charms in a whole new light now. I can't believe I've forgotten my charms. So, yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you, won't you so sleep much. Tonight. You'll be no. going, oh, child, what else have I got? I'm like, oh, my, my, my bed's wood, though. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, but uh, it's probably healing <laughs> up springs, by Yeah, and like the probably, mm. uh, there's, there's nails in there. But I'm like, oh, my bed probably has springs in it um anyway <laughs> i'm going into the kitchen soon to get lunch and i'll be like oh look at all this stuff so thank you for sharing so much of your wisdom like i say everything will be in the show notes but the book is metal never lies so i look forward to reading that thanks again sure p.s we just started having another conversation after the podcast had finished and we started talking about where the book title comes, Metal Never Lies. And um, I was both started telling me this great story. I'm like, wait, wait, let's let, let everyone else know. So, Bo, yeah, back over to you. Metal Never okay. Lies. Why Metal Never Lies? So Metal Never Lies came from, um, it was actually my beloved that came up with um, the, the the idea is back in the days of yore, right? Because I, I love saying that. That just sounds fun to me. Days of yore. Anyway, um, you would swear on a sword. Right. Yeah. Because it held your promise. It bore witness to your oath. Right. Um, because back then, metal was an animate object. There's a lot of I talk about it in the book. There's a lot of the Irish mythology of mm. weapons kind of getting up, moving around on their own. Um, you would at Samhain, you would lay up, lay your sword on your lap and boast of your deeds for the year. You know, and if you misspoke your metal would cut you because you were mm. bearing false witness the the when Lou's father was slain you know he said you can't kill me with your swords because it'll tell Lou on on you you know he'll know just by from the weapons that you use um you know Agma unsheathed Tetra the 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 Fomorian king's sword and gave it tribute it had spoke everything that it hit, had been done so to me, metal is one of those things that bears witness, right? Mm -hmm. So it never lies. It tells you what happens. You know, it's not a judge or jury or anything like that. It's just a recounting of the events. So that's where the name of the book comes from. Metal never lies because I, what better ally than someone that's going to tell you the truth, which is when we were talking about the divination die, which is why yeah. I use why you divination. use metal? 
And why I'm just like, and why I love using the charms because they don't lie. They just cut through all of the nonsense. It, it is what it is. Thank you, know? you very and much. You steal, steal <laughs> that, you know, they don't, it still does not polish things. It just, yeah. it just the facts. <laughs> the oh fact. my god you're sending me off on a whole rabbit hole now i'll be like oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna need a like a copper set for nourishment and nurturance and a still set and you know i'm like oh my god stop 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 i'm gonna have my own forge in my gardens i'm like making my own little charms up <laughs> well i mean that's how i teach watch this space here we actually dig a hole in the ground yeah yeah in the ground yeah amazing thank you very much <laughs> <laughs>